Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Pretty Bride, and I'd like to thank you for supporting Illinois. If you'd like to further support Illinois' media and what we do for the culture, here are a few ways that we can use your help. First, you can follow us on social media, download the Illinois app, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Illinois with a Z. You can also buy merchandise, or you can lend us a helping hand by donating a one-time or a monthly contribution. To donate, just visit Illinois.co backslash donate. That's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-Z-E dot co backslash donate. We thank you for supporting everything we do because without no you, there is no us. Yeah, man. I understand that we've been trapping all day. I understand that we've been robbing all day. But one part of the day, you got to cut on Illinois Radio. You're now tuned in with Illinois Radio with your host, Vico, Illinois Jones, and Pretty Riot. Turn your radios up and spread the noise. And as always, we bring you all the illest guests from around the city and globe. And today, we got Ayana Contreras in the building. <laughs> you should have saw how her eyes lit up like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was waiting for the bow, bow, bow. Oh, I no, gave you all that. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting it. I gave you Welcome. all that. Thank you. Thank you so much. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just came back from Memphis, and I could hear a little bit of that accent in me. And I was only there for two days. It's real weird. Really? Yeah. Two days of being in Memphis, and it, the It'll accent do it. just... It'll do it. It'll Sheesh. do it. I mean, uh, uh, while you was out in Memphis, was it uh, related to Energy Never Dies? It was, in fact. It was a book talk at the Stax Museum down mm-hmm. there, which, if you haven't been, it's really, really cool. It's real cool. Stacks Museum, that sounds like a historic place. Right. So the Stacks label had like Isaac Hayes and Johnny Taylor and all them. They recorded in uh, what used to be, a, what do you call it, like a movie theater. And it got converted into a studio. And so they turned it, that space, into a museum. And you had your book sign and release there. Correct. Well, not release, but your book signing. Yeah, there. they invited me down there. Oh, that's so, dope. Yeah. I mean, what was that like for you being in a whole nother state, um, you know, sharing everyone, uh, energy never dies? Well, it's interesting because my book is so much about Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a little bit where I talk about the connection between Chicago soul music back in the day and the Memphis scene. So I guess they picked up on that. So I kind of, you know, you try and reach people where they're at. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I think it went really well. And there happened to be some people in the audience who were transplants from Chicago. So I felt that love. So it was good. Man, that's dope, y'all. I love to go to Memphis. And it's a strong connection like, hey, with Memphis and Chicago. For and, sure. yeah. and just down south, period. Yeah. So you from Chicago. Energy Never Dies is like a book on like talent and like a lot of businesses and creatives here in Chicago. What was it like for you growing up here in Chicago? So it's interesting because like my earliest memories were Mayor Harold Washington and when he passed and what that was like. And, you know, when you kind of grow up like that, like you don't know what it was like before. You don't know what it took politically to get there, culturally to get to that point. And so you just see all the adults around you like really crushed. Right. And then at the same time, like crack was just like ripping through the community and one of my cousins was like a high ranking um, um, Peacestone Ranger person like and so there was all of that going on and at the same time there was just all this pride and it was like well where is this not to say don't have pride right because whatever but I wanted to know what it was like before before crack before all these other things and 
as I started collecting like vinyl records and going to record stores, what I realized was a lot of this history wasn't that long ago and a lot of these people are still out here. Um, and so as I started getting into radio, I started interviewing more and more people. The other thing, um, just talking about the creativity in Chicago part, right? Um, my mother worked at one of the biggest um house record stores back in the early 80s uh, called Imports. So like Frankie Knuckles and all of them uh, used to work there. And I remember being there like three years old and they would at the state at the um, record store, they had two turntables. Right. So all the DJs could come in and test out the stuff, all the new stuff, the imports and everything. And so I just remember seeing that and remembering people like cutting tape and making edits in the basement. And I just remember that also being a part of my life. And then as you know, you get older, you you take on your own music. So for us, it was, you know, we were hip hop and we were like footwork. Um, yeah. So, I mean, seeing the continuation of all those things and the connections made me want to dig into the history of it. So when did you actually start collecting, you know, vinyls and, and get into more of the music scene? So probably early, mid 90s, probably mid 90s, because early 90s, nobody really wanted records. So you could go through alleys and you would just see stacks of records. And what I was what I thought was, OK, first off, it's cost efficient because I'm broke. Right? Right. <laughs> you can get all these records cheap. But then second off, it's like if you go past a stack of like 400 of anything, you're like, well, somebody put, took that energy to collect it. It's got to be worth something. Maybe not money. You know, at the time, I wasn't thinking I was going to come up, but I was thinking that, like, culturally, these things were valuable. But at the same time, it was so hard. Like, you could go to Radio Shack, but it was challenging to get, like, your turntable on point back right. then. Well, what was the... You said that vinyls were cheap back then. Right. So what what was the price? Well, I mean, you could go to a record store and get a full LP, like, you know, now they have a dollar bin, so it was like a quarter bin, and the forty fives were like a dime. But then, honestly, people were just giving them away because nobody, everybody had moved over to cassettes and CDs, so nobody wanted records except DJs. I mean, like as a teenager, I would be hanging out in different record stores, and it was literally just people who collected records like me, you know, and DJs, and that was about it. It wasn't just like regular people weren't up in record stores mm. buying records. I don't really think to this day, I, you know, I, mean, I, I can't say that because I'm not on that scene, but I know record labels, well, record stores have definitely made a comeback. Oh, for sure. You Even know? used and new. Like, I remember being um, a teenager shopping at Everblack. Sam Goody still had records in the 90s. Tower Records still had vinyl in the 90s, but then that all phased out. I mean, when did now you, it's changed. When did you actually start seeing uh, people go back to vinyls? It was slow. I would say first you started seeing it like in music videos and on TV and stuff like it would just be random. You'd see a record player in like in the backdrop and it started being kind of like sexy, I think. Um, but then you could go to like Target and get records like it was Walmart and Walmart and urban uh, urban outfitters was also a place where you could go and it was just like wow this is wild and then I started hearing because at first when I started DJing I started DJing with vinyl because as a woman I mean in order to be taken seriously I mean they had CDJs back then but to be taken seriously you needed to be able to do vinyl maybe not as your primary thing but you needed to be able to do it and so like I did that for that reason but, I mean, you know, it, it just, it wasn't something that people were like, oh, that's so cool. Well, maybe a little bit, but not really, not as much. It was like, oh, okay. 
I mean, you 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 never stop. You talking about you started? You never stop. I never using stopped. Vinyl that was the whole thing. When like, you I DJ. never stopped, which was an advantage because now people do vinyl sets or do like I specialize in forty five, so the little ones, and so it's like now everybody want to do those sets, and I'm like good. I can swear, can't I? Yes, you can. Good fucking luck. On the real, this is good. <laughs> feel good to let that out. <laughs> just the one. I just need to let that out for accuracy's sake. Yeah, it's like good luck getting some of these records now because they're all in like Sweden, Japan, UK. Hey, to all the artists out there, if you want your music in rotation, all you got to do is go to illinois.co. That's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-C-E dot C-O. You go to the website, bam. And then you go to contact, bam. And then you go to radio submissions, bam. And you fill out the form, and that's thing you know, you in rotation. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Pretty Riot, and I'm sitting pretty starting riots right here on Illinois Radio. I got my brothers, Illinois Jones and Biko with me. And today, we have Miss Ayana. Contreras with us. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Um, so I want to go back to Energy Never Dies because I've kind of been staring at this cover because I'm oddly intrigued. So I kind of want to know what was the idea behind the cover of the book? So the cover is um, it's from an advertisement that used to be in Ebony Magazine for like two years uh, back in like 1971, 72, something like that, for Afro Sheen, which, you know, was a Johnson product. So it was like out of Chicago, hair care company. And the advertising firm, Vince Colors, was one of the first advertising agencies in Chicago that um, really supported black people and was black owned. So um, I talk about all that stuff in the book. And so I thought that it would make sense to have a cover that reflected all of those things, the Ebony Magazine, the advertising. And also, I thought that the advertisement actually communicates the idea of energy never dies, like an intergenerational thing with the mother and the daughter. So that's why I picked it. That's deep. Yeah. That's a that's deep. I mean, like looking like now, you know, when you get an understanding of what you're looking at in Chicago, yeah, it is it's like straight up Chicago. And actually, I did a um, book talk at the Silver Room and a man showed up and was like, why did you pick this cover? Um, and I explained just what I said to y'all. And then he said, but why did you pick that cover? And I was like, well, I mean, I really I also think it's really beautiful. And he's like, well, that woman was my 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 sister. And she passed away and I was walking down the street by a bookstore and I saw the cover and it just like blew me and I just you know we had to walk in buy covers call everybody and you know tell the family that you know so that's dope yeah you talk about a lot uh, within Energy Never Dies uh, you also speak on on radio and like some of the people that influence you and were mentors to you know who, who you are as a person and I mean since I bring it up you know what I'm saying what actually you know fueled your your fire to you know keep Chicago radio I want to say in good spirits definitely growing up in the 90s like and by growing up, I mean, I was in high school in the 90s, so I was really listening to radio real hard. Because, you know, when you're a teenager, you still kind of, you're like, you're just discovering who you are musically. And so I was listening to Rick Party, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coke Top 99 on WGCI and eventually Chocolate Jacks. And I was listening to Herb Kent, you know, and what I thought about when I listened to Herb Kent back then was that he was already pretty old. And I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it was just like there would be a time when he would step down. And mm-hmm. I didn't want this thing that he was doing, like for the community, to go away. And so, like, I was specifically trying to study that. 
Um, and then there was also like sort of the Sunday night show, if I remember correctly, on GCI that used to actually kind of have a lot of old school on it. Um, and it was a lot of the stuff that had been sampled and whatever. And so at that time, hip hop was very sample based. And I found myself really trying to figure out more about that music. And there was no who sampled, right? Like you couldn't look in your phone. Um, so listening to that show was crucial to learning about the samples in a lot of ways. And you, you sample a lot. Yo, like, when I say sample, you are, uh, man, you like a, his, you a historian with it. Like, the, the way you you, are, you can mix this with this, and then you also know the background and the background story when it came out, how it came out. Uh, like, what I, I got to know, too, what really influenced you to really learn the music in general towards what you're playing? Honestly, I do think it goes back to being a woman because going into this field, like like when I went in you had to be better stronger know a whole lot and you know you couldn't they could the expectation was and as a younger person the expectation was what you know about this music because when I was in the thing there was already all these most of the DJs were like house or hip hop and all of them were way older than me and so I'm coming in doing something different and they're like right so you gotta like show and prove do you get? Do you feel you get the respect you deserve being a, a, a woman DJ? To this very day, it's the what you know about, especially doing old school like I do. Like what was that last night? I was at uh, Pilsen Yards and this man came up to me. It was like, oh, when you put that record down, I knew you knew what you were doing. I was like, sir, <laughs> that's not the compliment you think that it is. <laughs> like you not playing vinyls in general. I mean, there was like, I mean, I have. Over 8,000 records, right? And so I had a whole bunch of records all about me. I was doing my thing. Um, but, you know, I, don't, I, I think, you know, to his, to, in his defense, I will say there are a lot of people today who claim that they're DJs. Mm -hmm. Even spinning vinyl, there are a lot of people. And, you, you know, you do sometimes have to show and prove because the word DJ has been so diluted. Mm. You know, it's uh, uh, something popped in my head. We was together at uh, the red line. I had slid on you because you was DJing the red line one day, and <laughs> I'm just standing by the table. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the guys walked past. He he like peeks his head in the door, and he looked at me, mm -hmm. telling like talking to me like I'm DJing, and then realized that you were DJing. And I'm literally at the turntable. At the turn, and I'm nowhere near on. the turntables. Right. You know, I, and I told you that was going to happen. You did. You did, and it happened. Yeah, it happened, and it blew my mind away. Like, damn, you know, women DJs really don't get. I feel like y'all don't get the respect that you all deserve. And don't be cute. Because then it's a whole nother thing. Like, when I came out, okay, so what I had to do, I remember this very clearly. Um, I had, like, a green and white, like, uh, Adidas tracksuit, little white pleather kangol, right? Like, I was trying to underplay my femininity just so that people would not be blinded by the light. Now that's different. Mm -hmm. Now you can be cute and be a DJ, but that doesn't mean they're going to take you seriously. Now, um... You know, uh, before we get full into detail about Energy Never Dies, uh, you become, you know, um, you pretty much start managing, directing over at Vocalo. Um, and on top of that, Reclaim Soul. Uh, you know, you create Reclaim Soul, which is, like you said, Herb Kent was one of your, your mentors and you really you was inspired by him. So like, how, how has that been for you, especially being a black woman within the industry, managing a whole station? Um, again, I think it's show and prove. I think if you are doing like 
par excellence, as they say in French, like it'll show, right? Like I let my work make the case for me. I think I've been at the station for a really long time. I was at Vocalo when it launched. I've been at um, the parent station since 2006. And it took a long time for people to put me in charge. I mean, I've always had ideas, but I think now is the really the time to put those ideas into practice. Can you give a little background on the format of Vocalo and like what it, what it is to everybody? So uh, Vocalo is urban alternative. So I like to say like if Anderson Pack and No Name started a radio station, that's what it would sound like. So it's it's kind of, you know, I mean, I don't want to say granola, but it definitely is offering a real alternative to a lot of the urban stations out here. And I mean, just like Illinois, I think we really highlight local artists in a way that mainstream um, radio stations don't do enough. Yo, 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 it's your boy Biko. Make sure you head over to the Apple Store and Google Play Store and download the Illinois app right now. From there, you'll be able to stream Illinois Radio live every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. as well as stream podcasts, watch interviews, check out the latest news, and so much more. So head over there to your App Store and download the Illinois app. Yo, what's good? It's the one and only Illinois Jones, and right now you're tuned in to the dopest thing to hit the street since crack cocaine. Yes, y'all, we still in the building, got the legend in the building right here. Ariana Contreras in the building. How you doing? <laughs> Ariana Contreras, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. Hey, we 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 both be just butchering names. Just hard out here, blood. I mean, that's a name. I'm sure there's somebody with that name. Nah, yeah. you the first. Yeah. Nah, you are the first. You are the first. No. Oh well, you're not the first. I wait. You're not the first I'm Ariana Contreras. Well, I actually, I'm the first spelled like that. Um, one lady got married, and then there's a little girl who's upset because I have all the accounts. But <laughs> and then there's a girl who's Ayana with two ends. She's older than me. I mean, well, yeah, go, go ahead, Jones. Uh, you yeah. need to know that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you are, if you have a name out here and you're trying to push your name, you need to know who got your name. Who got your name? You know all of them. Because yeah. I know a lot of people. At least you know who, who wants your name on yeah. social media. That's true. And at least you got it. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like Pretty Rod and be trying to get your name. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, you know, you've been doing music for a long time. You grew up here in Chicago and you witnessed a lot of things. And um, by you being in radio, I wanted to know with the changes by you being from Chicago in the music as a DJ and as on radio and running a radio station. I wanted to know the evolution of radio, like um, the pros and the cons that you've seen throughout the years and the time period. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that the number one worst thing for Chicago radio and probably most markets was the the whole change in the FCC to allow people to buy, like, conglomerations of lots of stations in lots of cities. So, like, that's what made Clear Channel possible. That's what really changed the way stations were programmed. Because before... It was illegal, right? Yeah, it was totally illegal. So, so before, you didn't have somebody in Fort Worth deciding what's playing in Chicago. You had people in Chicago who were programming based on what was going on in the clubs, what was going on in the streets. Right. Right? So, I mean, that's part of the reason why these these mainstream stations are not playing what's going on in the streets. The other uh, reason why they're not doing that, I mean, I don't want to talk about payola. We don't need to talk about that because nobody wants to talk about that. But I will say that I think a lot of the mainstream stations are really too reluctant reluctant to try out stuff that isn't already a proven hit 
maker. You know, like they're less likely to break records unless it's somebody that has already had a proven thing, which right. is silly because it's like if you put place, if you break something alongside something that people love, it's more likely that people even accept that better. You know, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's wild. But yeah, that number one that changed a lot when that FCC thing happened. Within a few years, you really noticed the way the station sounded changed, and they played a lot less local music. Like in this book, Energy Never Dies, available in bookstores everywhere. Sixties, uh, seventies is mostly when what this book talks about. And at that time, if you go back and you look at the charts for what WVON or WGRT or even WJPC, which was owned by Ebony and Jet, by the way. They had a radio station. When you look at their charts, what they were playing, I mean, up to 25% of their top 40 was local stuff all the time. That wasn't by accident. That's dope. I'm going to sit this up. Oh, the real, you got to see, you can't lay that flat. You got to sit that up. I mean, you, you just mentioned uh, one of the gems that's located. Uh, and this is your first published book, by the way. Correct. Um, yeah, you just mentioned one that's in your, and it's doing extremely well, too. It's doing uh, better than, I think, people expected it to Is do. it doing better than what you expected it to do? I didn't have any expectations, honestly. I, what I knew was that this is, like, my ministry. It's a message for the people. It's, like, reminding people people of what we come from and what we're capable of doing and it mm-hmm. connects the past with the present in a way that I think people need right now. So mm-hmm. like in terms of sales, that was not what I was thinking about. I was thinking, I mean, I did everything to keep the price point right for people. Like what's most important is that people read this book and feel affirmed about what Chicago, like black Chicago really is. Man, like, yeah. just to know so much knowledge you shared in here. I mean, right off the back, Lim's Barbecue. Right. Um, <laughs> I, how you mentioned the owner of Lim's Barbecue having a Bentley and it was like one of the first mm-hmm. black you know I ain't gonna say well kind of like you said one of, one of the first black restaurant owners to drive around in a Bentley actually you're close okay so it's Leon's had the first Rolls Royce I ever saw there we We're go. Close. There we, well, but like I do this. talk about limbs in the book. Mm-hmm. I do talk about limbs and I do talk about barbecue shacks as being like really important things. Like the, the culture of barbecue is something that black people brought up from the South, like the blues and turned it into something else special here in Chicago. So, I mean, I do think that you like you're on point with that. Like when you see somebody driving around in a Rolls Royce because yeah. they're selling rib tips. Back in the day, at make that. you want to sell rib tips. Right, exactly. As opposed to something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm going to go get me a rib joint. Unless you know something else is possible, you yeah. know. And I mean, you also uh, shed light on, on Robert Townsman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, can you briefly, you know, at least because I'm, I'm going to let you share to the people a little bit about Robert Townsman so and Robert the five Townsend, Yeah. So Robert Townsend grew up on the West Side, um, like was involved with the Better Boys Foundation, um, involved in like the theater um, thing back in the day and wound up becoming a pretty important director in, in you know, Hollywood doing a, a movie called Hollywood Shuffle, Meteor Man, maybe you saw that as a kid, um, Five Heartbeats, which um, actually documents the Dells and other groups, which, you know, Dells out of Chicago, like a big vocal group back he in the day. a TV show too, right? And The Parenthood. Yeah, I was actually watching The Parenthood yeah. on YouTube this morning, in fact. And I told him when I interviewed him, I wanted to thank you because I remember watching that show and watching Zaria, the, the girl, the teen girl character who was like my age. And it was, I always enjoyed 
had seen somebody on TV that I could relate to. So there was like her, there was like Brandy. Now you know how old I am. It's like, it was nice to see the sister, sister girls, mm-hmm. right? Like it was nice to see that and they weren't like stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? They were just like cool teen girls who dressed cute who were just getting in the regular problems. I mean, you've sat with a lot of legendary uh, figures. Uh, so I, I got to know, too, what's one of your most memorable uh, interviews that you've had? It could be Chicago related or Ooh. it don't have to be. Interviews. Interviews. I don't know if there is probably the most. Maybe Mavis Staples from the Staples Singers might have been my favorite because she, you talk about history. Like, she's seen all of it. You know, she marched with Dr. King. You know, a lot of people say that, but what? she actually marched March with Dr. With King. Right, like, um, and she's just so wise and little beautiful woman, you know. Um, so maybe her. I don't know. There's a long list of people. Um, it was interesting. I talked to a guy. He's not with us anymore, but he was the guy that Curtis Mayfield handpicked to replace him when Curtis Mayfield left the Impressions to go solo. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about growing up in the South suburbs and listening to the Impressions growing up and never thinking that he would be in that group and like what that meant for him and being able to carry on that legacy was important to him. Hey. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, that's about it. That's dope. That's crazy. Make you feel handpicked you? I mean, that's wild. That's wild. That's like Michael Jordan picking somebody up. I want you to take my place on the Bulls. No, I mean, that's basically what happened. So, like, Curtis saw him playing at the club um, with a group he was in called the Enchanters and was like, yes. You I got that like that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, so. you speak a lot about uh, Curtis Mayfield, and I feel like a lot of people don't really spotlight the the history that behind him in general. Like, so for you to uh, mention him throughout the book and and at least like put people on to just the history that he's brought to Chicago, right? It, I feel like that's dopest because I didn't even know much about Curtis. I mean, we talked, mm-hmm. and I didn't know much about Curtis, and then boom, right off back, I started learning. So. I feel like he would be right up your alley. I mean, in the whole like he created his own like record label, record label, yeah. You know, yeah. like he did all the things. He worked with all sorts of people, and yeah, I, his own show too, right? He, uh, he did all the all these soundtracks like for film. And there's just a long list of things that he was involved in that was like really like powerful. Curtis Mayfield was a gangster rapper before gangster rap was. I mean, thing. that's real. If hey, you listen to them lyrics. Hey, I remember listening to Pusha Man on repeat at seven. You hear me? You hear me? Singing it hard too. I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. What? I'm saying though. Man, listen here. The second verse even shocked me. The second verse was way harder than the first verse. Yeah. Listen. That's here. true. Well, he grew up in Cabrini Green. Like. Yeah. He wasn't like had this. He didn't have this sheltered upbringing. He never graduated from high school, and what he was able to accomplish, shoot, shoot. Just show you the talent that's here, man. That's right. Make sure to check out the Illist playlist in which we provide you with the latest tracks we play live on our show. Head over to Spotify and search Illinois Radio to follow our playlist as well as follow our podcast. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, you tuned in to Illinois Radio. I'm your host, Biko, and yes, we have the lovely uh, Ayana Contreras in the building with us. We're talking about energy never dies. We talked about radio. We talked about DJing. We talked, man, we've been talking about a lot of things. And um, one thing. I do want to get into before we start getting into some random things is like some of the neighborhoods you mentioned uh, within Energy Never Dies. Mm -hmm. Like talk about Hyde Park, Bronzeville. But 
You talk a little bit about the West Side. It's a whole chapter on it. Like, and then also throughout the book, right? So mm-hmm. I part of what I did was I want to make sure that the West Side really got shine in this particular book. Because it's, if it's talking about black Chicago, I, I actually dislike the idea that South Side is like shorthand for black Chicago because that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, a lot of what I'm talking about is that connection to the South, right? And I, because of the way that the Great Migration worked, the West Side is actually closer culturally to the South because people were migrating directly from Mississippi in large numbers in other places, Tennessee, other spaces, all the way up until the 70s. Like, the great, the second wave of the Great Migration went all the way up and I mean you know there's blocks where it sounds like somebody's from Sunflower Mississippi mm-hmm. like that whole block because it's that tight and I, I, I wanted to celebrate that and celebrate that culture and community I'm happy you did that because you know I'm from the west side and I, I don't know I just feel like we had this 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 chat with uh, MF and Mello a little while ago. You know, Pivot Gang is pretty much out from the west skirts of town, um, and uh, West Side don't really get a lot of spotlight. Uh, and for you to you know spotlight the West Side the way you did, I, I really feel like it needs more of that. I mean, why do you feel the West Side is kind of like put on the back end outside of like South? Um, well, I mean, the South Side in terms of black Chicago is just more established, right? So like my people on my mother's side, they came up way back when and my grandmother, she was raised in Chicago in the 1920s, right? So, I mean, like there's like history there. So there's that. Um, a lot of the political machine is based there. It's just older. Um, and then obviously there's that West Side, South Side like beef that's been going on and I refuse to even get engaged with that because that's ridiculous. I don't even know what the beef is. It's a silly beef. It's just, I think it goes both ways though. There's stereotypes that West Side people think South Side people are this and South Side people think West Side people are this and I think it's super divisive. I mean, we're already losing a lot of black population. Um, if you look at the, the census numbers, we're losing a lot of power. And we have more power together than we'll ever have apart. How do we get that? Like, how do we get that power back? I mean, outside, I mean, of course, unity. But how can we really, especially this new generation? That's exactly it, though. That's the, the thing. You're saying it. We. I mean, I'm not saying you can't say I. What I'm saying is that we needs to be back center to the conversations we're having. Like, and that's not just young people. I'll be on like social media and I'll see, you know, somebody looking at um, some kids acting, acting ratchet. Right. And the first thing the older people will say is, oh, look at his pants or this or that and whatever. And I just I just can't believe it. And I'm like, "Okay, wait a minute. You're not being productive. Like maybe this person is doing the best thing that he knows how, you know, like would you have a conversation with this person if they were up close to you? Well, no, he's he's you know, he's a lost cause. And I'm like, okay, well, there might have been a moment where you were a lost cause to Mm -hmm. somebody. Right. I think, you know, working, I did a lot of after school programs. I worked um, with like Chance, the rapper. I was at U Media. I, I worked at U Media. So with like Chance and Saba and No Name and all those cats when they were teenagers. And all of them were always very bright and very like driven and determined. And you knew they were going to do something. But there was also a lot of other kids who people had kind of given up on them. And the only space where they could really stretch out and um, find some refuge from what was going on in the community was at U Media, you know. And so like my job wasn't to tell them what they couldn't do. 
my job was to support that journey, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there's just a lot of young people, especially like 12, 13, 14, 15, and even, dang, just 21-year-old people who just are really trying to figure it out and nobody believes that they can and so they're like, I'm just going to do what's in front of me. Do you think like programs like you media aren't in communities where they need to be put in? Like, I think, well, you know, you media, when I left, they were just starting to be in different libraries. So like on the West side, I was actually working the last you um, media location I worked at was on the West side. It was like Chicago and like, oh, kids like it was like Chicago and like Homan. You know what I'm saying? And so they started moving into the communities. But I, I do know that a lot of the youth really appreciated going down to Harold Washington because it got them out of whatever they were in. Right. They were able to meet kids from all over the city. That was important. You know, connect, make those connects. So I think both things are important. It's important that your community has a space, the you know, a safe space. But it's also important that, you know, to mix with sure. different people. I want to know, too, um, how can creatives continue to keep this energy going um, and not let it die out? I think at the end of the day, um, it's it's about supporting one another in a real way and understanding that we all shine when one person shines. Like if we're if we're really like connecting. Right. Like if I do a feature on your record and your record blows up, that's only going to shine more on me. If I and, if, and vice versa, like creating opportunities for people and really supporting people, not just when they get hot, but supporting people. I mean, I, I think looking at this era, there was some real solid community and everybody was on the same page in terms of supporting. So like, I'll give you an example, like Don Cornelius was Soul Train. Mm-hmm. That would not have happened without his connects as a national show. It wouldn't have gone national without his connects in Chicago, in the community. Mm. Damn. He said, wait, I'm sorry. That, that, that just hit me. That just smacked me in my face right there. Because community is important. And to hear you say that, you know. It's true. Like, I was talking to somebody from a SARS team. We were in Austin at South by Southwest. He was like, yeah, I'm thinking about moving to L.A. I'm like, I mean, you could move to L.A., but, like, where is the community? I mean, the thing about it is, yes, it's harder to blow up from Chicago. But what you've got going for you, if you do it right, is like a network that's going to help you build. Like, I mean, we, we talk about chance all day long, whatever. But what I, one thing I watched him do is build a team around him. Mm-hmm. And so when people were like outside, because I've been watching him since he was 16, right? Like I had five day. I got five day. OK, like that's how far back I go. So it's like when people outside were looking at him like, why doesn't he sign to a record label? I'm like, he built a record label. All them kids, those hungry kids that were talented and those kids from Columbia who just wanted a chance, like they all built up a thing together. And that is a model that I've I've seen over and over again work. And look, since we own the topic of the Chicago music scene, uh, you know, how do, how do you feel about the scene so far? You know, you, you've been uh, within the culture of, of radio, music, DJing for years. So how do you feel about its current state? I'm always inspired. So, like, it was when I was coming of age, like I'm around, I keep dating myself, but I'm around like Lupe's age. And so when Lupe came up, I was like really excited because he was like, I would argue maybe one of the first rappers in my age group 
from Chicago that was doing like big things and it seemed like it was possible for us to do it but we didn't really have like maybe blogs had just started and MySpace was a thing but it was so much harder to get the music out and so consequently there are a lot of people in my generation that you will never hear of in your whole life like their whole life their whole career all the passion is not anywhere um, so like watching you know the, the chances and the sabas and all them folks coming up um, after them and being able to take all these tools has been really inspiring for me that they've been able to do that. And then a lot of them feel like they don't have to leave, you know, because that was the other thing. Like, you know, when when um, Common left, I believe I mean, he was in and out, but he really left right around the time um, One Day It'll All Make Sense came out, which was also when he was getting heavy play on GCI and all the stations. And it was like the message was you got to go to make a name for yourself, you know, and I would love for more kids in the community to see a variety of artists doing a variety of different things with a variety of different looks like making it in the music industry because they need a lot of different role models that they can do. You know, it doesn't have to all be one thing. I got a question that came to me. It's based on the Chicago music scene. That was a tweet that recently went viral that said, Chicago music scene is dry. Can we fix this? Is it COVID? What happened? Uh, he wanted me to ask you, how do you feel? You know, do you feel the Chicago music scene is dry? Or what's your take on things? Um... I will say just as a preemptive thing, I don't when I saw that tweet, what I did not think was that that person was trying to be anything but productive. Um, So I'm going to come with it, my response in the same way. Um, I don't think it's dry. What I do think is that um, sometimes the pathway to be mainstream is challenging in Chicago, point blank. And so people give up. and I, I, I saw the interview you did um, with Bree where she was talking more about sort of the polished, being able to be polished in your professional like performance thing. And I think that's that I have seen folks not value that, which is crazy because so much of your brand is what you're doing visually. So people need to put so much more energy into that because that's also how you're going to make your money. Mm-hmm. You're going to make your money. Going, you know, with people going to concerts and buying merch, I guess that's where the money comes from. So it, it behooves you to spend some energy getting yourself together with that. Hey, look, as y'all see, Ayana is tapped in all the way, <laughs> all the way. Man, it's been a pleasure having you here, but you gotta let people know how they can purchase Energy Never Dies, as well as how they can tune in and catch you live on um, the Reclaim Soul. So Energy Never Dies is published through University of Illinois Press, so you can go to their website or Amazon or wherever you buy books, any bookstore, black bookstores, white bookstores, <laughs> all bookstores, <laughs> you know. Um, and my radio show is on Thursday nights on Vocalo Radio 91.1 and Sunday mornings like 9 to 11 on the same station. And I thank you for taking out time because you 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 you're a busy lady, you're very busy, and I appreciate you you know taking out time to come by and share your story. Um, man, y'all got to grab. Matter of fact, you ain't even give out your social. You didn't even give out your social media. Oh, you don't want people to follow you. I mean, if you Google me, all my stuff comes up. Don't even worry about it. Google me, baby. I hear that. <laughs> Google me, hey. I mean, that's a little easier than me giving the handle. The handles are all like. 
Oh, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Well, just follow at reclaimed. And if you song. spell it wrong, it'll come up. That's how you know you've made it. If it's misspelled, my stuff will and still And it's still, up. oh, like oh, she yeah, said, she owned all of them. All the, <laughs> all the profiles. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate you all, as always, for tuning in every Saturday. Uh, give us a follow at Illinois Radio. If y'all know how to spell that, that's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-Z-E. Mm-hmm. Indian Radio. You give me a follow as well at Official Beko. That's Official. B as in boy. E-K-O-E. Make sure y'all grab. Well, it's not tickets available. I was finna say grab yeah, tickets. Yeah, yeah. They should be able to pre-order, right? We should well, let them pre-order. Wait, not, not for our event. For, oh. We're a proud media sponsor of the Aries Bash. Oh, for sure. I forgot about that. April 8th. That's quick. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I'm, I'm geeked up. I'm geeked up for some. I'm geeked up for <laughs> June 1st. You geeked up for June 1st. <laughs> I'm geeked up for June 1st. April I'm 8th. Tank top and all. Meet us at the baseline uh, for YK Suit, where YKMG presents Aries Bash. He'll be hitting the stage performing his exclusive single that you've been hearing. It's called Trap. Some very prominent people will be in the building. I'll be in the building. We'll I'll be, be in the, the building. building. Taking shots of water. And uh, the, the thing about it, you can head over to Illinois.co right now and you can check out how to get in. I'm telling y'all right now, it's pretty much no ticket link. So that's a little hint right there. Uh, download that uh, Illinois app. And I mean, yeah, June 1st is going down at the Promontory. More info coming soon. So it's pretty wild what it is. What's up, y'all? Um, follow me on Instagram. At Pretty Riots and follow me on Twitter at underscore Pretty Riot Jones. What's on? I'm on life. I'm on life, and uh, y'all can follow me at Illinois Jones eighty eight. That's Instagram and Twitter. I do not like y'all that much to get out my Facebook and Snapchat, but you can always go to Illinois.co or download that app. Y'all can hear my voice anytime y'all want to. Chicago. It feels a little good enough for me to pop out tonight. So we all gonna have a good time. You see me? I got my trench. Look, got my coat on today. I'm finna show out. out. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. shocked. I'm gonna have to pop out Ooh. with you. Well, come know? on, come on now. <laughs> I'm outside. It's Saturday, you know. And if and if these parlays hit, we really outside. We now. rich. We ain't gonna be rich. We'll be cool. You feel? <laughs> we won't be rich, but we'll be cool. You hear me? We can get something. We get a chicken Philly, and we can get a couple drinks. I'm down for that. Hey, listen here. That's all I need. I don't need much. Uh, Chicago, just do me a few favors, man. Party hard, but party safe. And if you can't do both, stay your ass in the house. For those that don't know who I am, I am Biko. It's your girl, Pretty Riot. I'm Illinois John. I just want to thank you for tuning in to Illinois Radio. Every Saturday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Search Illinois Radio. Head over to your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, all of those streaming networks where you can stream podcasts and search Illinois Radio. We right there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that follow button and uh, stay in tune with us. You have it. We own it. Big P's. That's all, folks. It's your girl, Pretty Riot, and I'd like to thank you for supporting Illinois. If you'd like to further support Illinois media and what we do for the culture, here are a few ways that we can use your help. First, you can follow us on social media, download the Illinois app, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Illinois with a Z. You can also buy merchandise, or you can lend us a helping hand by donating a one-time or a monthly contribution. To donate, just visit Illinois.co backslash donate. That's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-Z-E.co backslash donate. We thank you for supporting everything we do, because without no youth, 
There is no us.